It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Mike Coffey from NDNation.com. So, I don't know if it's just me, Coffee, but to me, this is like the make-or-break game for the for the entire season. Um, I, I don't get that sense just based on what I'm seeing, but man, alive if if we don't win this game, it, we got our backs against the wall in a bad way. It's going to be real tough for Marcus Freeman to get this team up with Clemson coming into town. If you're coming off, you know, in a strange way, when's the last time Notre Dame's won 44-21 at home and then everybody walks out of the stadium as if we just shot our dog or something. It was the weirdest game I've seen in a long time. It was a little strange. I think part of it was, I think people were hoping they were going to see maybe like a a an improvement on the offensive side of the board with the uh with the uh, against a lesser opponent and i think to an extent they did but when you leave that many points on the on the field as much as no heck it, it could have they could have scored 44 points in the first half if they yeah. really had wanted yeah. to or not wanted to but i i think it was just an, another reminder that you know unfortunately especially on offense this team has limitations and those limitations aren't necessarily going to go away between now and the end of the season. I mean, we may need a recruiting cycle to make yeah. some improvements we need. Well, to make. I, yeah, I, I think this is the whole point is, is that, you know, Marcus Freeman is kind of trial by fire here because he's going to have to find ways to get his team to, to respond in the areas that we have a chance to respond. Like you say, now, we did leave a lot of points on the on the field on Saturday, um, and, and some of it I think you can pinpoint that maybe are fixable. But you know, one of the things that I see that that's got me a little concerned is Pine tends to throw a tight spiral into a tight window, even when he's guy when he's got guys open deep. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't lift the ball and loft it and let guys run underneath it. And that's a problem. I mean, because because as a quarterback, when you see somebody's got somebody deep, you just want to throw it out in front and let him run underneath it. Sure. And it just doesn't seem like Pine's got that touch. It's 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 always got to be like a zip throw. Which whenever you're doing that, you've got to be just completely accurate as hell in order to get that. Um, and it's a little bit yeah. tougher catch for receivers. No, absolutely. And I think part of the issue is again, and, and this is where. They, they just need overall talent improvement. I mean, when you have a quarterback who's 5'10", standing behind linemen who are like 6'2", and going up against defensive linemen and linebackers that are six feet or taller, he can't necessarily see the whole field. I mean, he's got to know where – I mean, sometimes when he's maybe moving around in the pocket and the passing lanes are more open and he can see what's going on downfield, yeah, then he's he can uh, hopefully get the ball down there. And he's thrown a couple nice deep balls. I mean, granted, a couple overthrows, but – He's had a couple nice deep balls, but that those are fully contingent on him being able to know where the player is and really have a good look. 
to see him open. I mean, yeah. if, if Drew Pine was like six two, six one or six two, and just had a, just a little bit better, yeah, wider field of vision, and maybe he'd be hitting those guys. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that is a, a real concern. I think you're right about that. I know you can tell that they've been working on him to stay in the pocket mm-hmm. because it's. I don't want to say he's got cement feet, but he definitely has been standing still and almost forcing himself to stay and and go through his progressions, mm-hmm. which is fine. But like you say, when you're five foot ten, it's not real hard for defensive linemen to to anticipate when he's going to throw and put their hands up because chances are the ball's not going to sail over their hands. It, it's it's either Pine going to miss their arms or they at least get a tip or a deflection. And that's a problem. I mean, we, we saw it on Saturday. We're going to see it more this Saturday. And, no, no, no. but, you know, I, I, I think to your point, you know, kind of that miss on Chris Tyree at the goal line there, mm-hmm. um, just, just a little bit softer touch on the ball. You don't need to zip that thing in there. He's wide open. Mm-hmm. But it could very well be, like you say, that he just doesn't have that field of vision where he almost kind of like a depth perception problem. Because when, when you're that short, you're, you're – I was, but, I mean, that was a big miss. I mean, that that's a ball he could have easily just laid in there because he's he catches it. Even if he's got to turn to his back shoulder and catch it, who cares? He's that wide open. And to miss him like that, I mean, those are just plays you can't – Oh, sure. Against a team like Syracuse, you can't you can't be giving up two and three of those kind of plays. No, absolutely. And I think I think another part of it is, and I I heard this on another podcast I was listening to. It, it seems like you look at his performances at home versus his performances on the road, and it seems like he feels less pressure away from home. I don't know whether it's because you know the the fans have been very you know have been dissatisfied with how the season's going. I think a lot of them maybe forgot that, or like me, it kind of hoped that maybe we wouldn't see the growing pains that we're seeing, but just I, I, being at the game in Las Vegas, he just seems so much more relaxed and so much more looking on Now, Granted, he's still going to mayor a lot and needs to find some of the other more open guys, but you didn't get that. You didn't sense that tightness and stuff like that. So I'm wondering yeah. after, being at Syracuse, I mean, granted, there, there's going to be a, a tough crowd there, no doubt. But you always get a tough crowd when you're when you're playing away from home. You expect the crowd to be getting on. You expect there to be a lot of noise. And I think this is kind of an unexpected Syracuse team. I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to be ranked in the top 20 when Notre Dame went out there. And I think I read somewhere that this will be Notre Dame's first game in the Carrier Dome or whatever they're calling it now since 2003, because all the other games at Syracuse under this contract have been like in New Jersey or something. So yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting experience for him. But I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see the more relaxed Drew Pine that we saw uh, in North Carolina and in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know, on the good side, I mean, I think that one of the things we can hope for is that Syracuse coming off the loss against Clemson, like they did, Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of deflates you a bit, especially when you feel yeah. like you got a chance to win that game. No doubt. You you, you now come back home. You got to re, re, you know, you got to pick yourselves back up again and then, you know, face a pretty good Notre Dame team. Um, and the thing that we can hope for is some of that lag continues, you know, that they mm-hmm. they kind of have that, you know, oh, man, here it comes again. 
And and that mean and the way you do that is you gotta start strong. So just like we did on Saturday, I think there's gonna be a ton of pressure on Notre Dame to score in that first quarter. Because mm-hmm. if, if you don't score in that first quarter, then you let Syracuse kind of get their confidence back. You let them get underneath their feet. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's gonna be a battle for us, you know, for those final three quarters. Oh, no, uh, no. I think a real huge key to the game is for us to start strong and, and my my gut instinct, and again, I could be wrong here, but I, I kind of get the feeling we're going to come out running the football a little bit um, just because it's going to be so important for us to establish that, especially against a team that's, eh, it, you know, not not their strength on defense is not their run defense. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're horrible. They're not that. But that is the one area that you would think that we might find some success on Saturday. And I think it'll be it's going to be really key in that first quarter. We have got to start solidly and, and put some points on the board, even if it's three. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with putting three points in the first quarter. You're going to have to take it if you got it. No, no doubt. I think a strong start is definitely key. But I think, um, I mean, obviously Syracuse's defense is going to be a lot stronger than uh, UNLV's was. Kind of a truism there. But I, I'm hoping that the offensive line really can establish themselves. I mean, I, I know C- Syracuse's defense is good, but by the same token, they didn't necessarily hold up the entire game against Clemson. And Clemson's Clemson. They're tough. But I want to say that uh, Syracuse's defensive line can be – handled if our offensive line keeps playing the way they've been playing. I mean, I, I think they've been just, yeah. if you look at the improvement over the course of the season, it's been tremendous. And if we can put another one of those games together against Syracuse and really establish the right, get Logan Diggs established and um, really make them pay and hit them hard I, I think a strong, a strong start is what we're looking for. Cause as you said, I mean, they're, they're coming off this loss. If you don't give them a chance to feel good about themselves, if you don't, if, if you keep that bad taste in their mouths, then you end up with a, uh, you end up with a much better chance to win. Yeah. And I, you know, it, it's going to get interesting. I, I think you're right. I think the offensive lines got to start strong. They've got to at least initiate, um, you know, some movement there. And just as well as our backs are playing right now, I mean, Diggs is really coming along. It's pretty obvious he's pretty healthy because uh, it, it just shows. Um, but having three of those guys, you're bound to have one of them who's going to be hot. I think Tyree's due for a, a breakout game, too. Sure. You know, I, I kind of feel like he's been just a little too quick with his feet. Um, it's almost like he's pressing it a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of think if he can get a couple, a couple breaks here, a couple long runs – um, that's going to get his momentum going. And, th- and th- that would be a huge asset if we can pull that off. The other thing is we are kind of at least getting a little bit healthier on the defensive side of the ball. we got some guys coming back. Kaiser's should be full go. Um, you know, we got, um, I-, I would assume Bracey's probably close to 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be key for us. I mean, I know that Syracuse has got a couple guys that are banged up. I think they're DBs back, though. Isn't he the NFL prospect? Yeah. Um, and then they got that wide receiver. I think he's supposed to play too. I, I didn't see the latest on him. Um, 
but you know they, they are they are a group of guys that can air it out so i mean it's going to be and, and you know as big as that quarterback is he can scramble i mean he can he can create some some problems for us um because we tend to not handle running quarterbacks really well that's true and, and that could be a problem i mean i got to believe they're going to pull that out for sure so um it's going to be forcing us to kind of stay in our lanes um but you know you need to keep the containment and you need the you need this um usually defenses like that you see a spy whose job it is to just play the 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 passing lanes up close and then if the quarterback breaks containment then you go after but that's i mean looking at our linebacker personnel i mean it definitely does hasn't necessarily been a strength so far this year i mean i don't think i mean maris leofile hasn't played as well as you'd hope. I mean, Isaiah Foskey had a great game on special teams, and he's certainly, I, I think, playing tough. But this is the kind of game. It, it's kind of like when you play Navy, where like your 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 defensive linemen have to help, but your linebackers have to play smart assignment football. And I'm hoping we see that on yeah. Sunday because that's the only way that I think they're going to keep the quarterback contained. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I kind of think that there's we're going to have to take some gambles here too. Uh, there, there's going to have to be at least three deep balls thrown because you got to keep these guys honest. And I, I just think that, the you know, trying the short stuff all game long is not going to work. No. Um, and I think you got to do this early too. You're going to have mm-hmm. to air it out deep early just to open it up and loosen it up. You get the running game going a little bit, then you can have that play action pass. And, um, and, and that's where I think that could be huge. And, and that's where Drew Pine has got to just put some air under the ball. Let these guys, especially if he can get that one-on-one matchup with somebody like a Mayweather, um, you know, that, that's going to be, or Lindsey, either one of them, either one of those guys is capable of beating their man deep. And we have got to at least make some attempts downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Foskey's got to have a game Saturday. We can't afford to not have him apply some pressure and at least get one or two sacks. No, absolutely. And and I think the thing that, you know, he had three sacks against UNLV, but to be honest, if you look at two of them, he kind of, one of them, he got lucky that the quarterback went down with just a swipe. Mm. Um, but Foskey's really, this is a big, this is a big quarterback. who's not going to go down easy. Um, he, we have got to tackle better on Saturday, if we expect oh, no to doubt. win this football game. And, and it, that that was not there on Saturday, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We're just seeing some of the ugly signs of that. And that's the stuff that I think is going to kill us on Saturday if we are not wrapping up um, and not you allowing these you guys can't to have those tackles. big plays like that 74-yard run. I, I saw that 74-yard run early in the game Saturday, and you're, just, you're thinking to yourself, this is, like, this is game, what, game eight? And – are, is this not getting cleaned up? And it, it really concerns me about the defense in general that, I, I mean, I think overall they've played well, especially like if you look, if the, the stats are saying that, that they're a quality defense and my eyes are kind of seeing that, but you see like big chunk plays like that, that they're still giving those up against a team, yeah. especially like UNLV. It's like if, if a team like UNLV is doing that, then a team like Syracuse most likely can and, yeah. Clemson definitely can. So yeah, it, it, it's weird because the you know Notre Dame is kind of that Jekyll and Hyde team this year. Um, but even inside of a game, they're that way. 
You know, no. just like you said, they'll they're statistically on defense. They are stout at times. They're tough. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll make you go three and out, and they'll keep you from getting you know big yardage on first and second down. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we'll just get gashed, and it's off mm-hmm. of like just bad reads. You know, mm-hmm. Maris or even Bertrand's kind of been a little bit surprising this year because he he dominated so much last year. For some reason, he's just it doesn't seem like he's there quite all the way. And um, in any event, we're out of position a little bit. We're making missing some tackles and then boom, big plays. And the next thing you know, we get gashed and and now we've let let them back in the game. I mean, I, that, again, I, th- th- for me, that's why this is so critical. That first quarter has got to be we got to show up. We've got to come out of the gate strong right in the first quarter in order to kind of position ourselves because if we don't, it just seems like we're going to be back, you know, have our backs against the wall the whole day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so for me, I think that's going to be key. Uh, again, guys need to make plays. I mean, I, I think that um, I'm not too worried about, you know, hey, is our offense going to call the right plays or anything like that? I think it's more execution at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that, you know, for the most part, we've been in position. We get in the red zone. We just don't seem to execute like we should. And um, and a lot of times it's just, you know, whether it's miss either missed balls not being cast or or throws mm-hmm. going errant or, you know, it seems like we're in position to make these plays. We just have missed a few on key down situations inside the red zone. And we got to be better at that if we're going to expect to win this game. And I for me, it's critical. I mean, I don't I don't know. You know, you win this game and all of a sudden the momentum comes on your side. Clemson comes in with a little bit more concern and um, and then I think you just need a couple balls to bounce your way. And then, holy cow, man, what if, what happens if we end up, you know, beating Syracuse and then somehow scratching a win out against Clemson, the whole season turns around. No, absolutely. Um, all of a sudden you're like one game off of where we thought we were going to be at that point. Um, no, so, they, so there's a lot to play for here. And, no, there um, definitely is. I, I think if, if, if you look at the schedule, BC and Navy are definitely beatable. Uh, although Navy's improved a little bit as, as the season's gone, and BC's always fired up to play us, even though, yeah. we're, even though we're not necessarily fired up to play them. So these, like, this game, I think, is the biggest difference between, like, at worst six and six and at worst seven and five. And, and yeah, that can, for sure. Yeah. Setting that ceiling at seven, setting, I'm sorry, setting that floor at seven and five, I think is important because yeah. – you 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 want to say okay this what this season didn't go the way we wanted to lost some games we should have won but we still finished above 500 and now we take that into Freeman's second yeah. season hopefully he takes what he's learned and you improve on it and like you said if we somehow get to like eight and four nine and three I mean that's that's tremendous yeah. if you look at the way we started so exactly that's exactly right and I think it all hinges on this game you win yes. this game you position yourself. The momentum's back in our court. We got an opportunity to, to, you know, hopefully at worst case split between Clemson and USC and then win the other games. Not so bad. I mean, that's not bad at all. You know, that puts us maybe one, two games off of what our best case scenario is. Um, but in any event, you know, just a lot of a lot of things hinge on this game Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. And um, and in my mind, I think it's going to just set the tone for the rest of the season. It's going to be a huge game. 
Notre Dame's going to need to do it. So with that, what, what's your anticipated prediction? So did, did we open up as a one-point favorite? And then we it's opened everything as a two-point favorite or so, and we're now a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So, so it is two-and-a-half at the moment? Last okay. I read, it was two-and-a-half. Okay. It may have changed since then, but I believe so. I In our contest, I have us winning 23-20. to 20. I think the... I think we're going to be hard pressed. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals. I'm predicting like three field goals and two touchdowns. But I think, I think the defense is going to come to play. I think Syracuse is going to have a lot harder time scoring on our because if you look at it, they scored 21 against Clemson's defense, and but Clemson's defense then Clemson's defense had to deal with their guy turning the ball over three times. So I think. Limiting the turnovers, I think we can keep them out of the end zone and keep them to 20. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a tight game, too. I, I got us winning 27-24. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tight game. I do think it's going to be some back and forth with field goals playing a huge role. Um, wh- whoever makes the most field goals is probably going to win the game. But I, but as always is the case in college football, that turnover battle is huge too. I mean that yeah. that tends to dictate the game. So I mean if we can somehow win that turnover battle, um, but but yeah, I think if we ultimately win the game, it'll be because one we establish the run, and we kind of handle that line of scrimmage. Pine's um, definitely got to play, play better. We're going to need that, but we need some big plays on the defense side of the ball. We're going to need. Yeah, I think so. We need some of these guys to step up. This is a huge game for us. Foskey's got to play as good of a game as he played last Saturday, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's we're going to need something on defense to just get us back in the good graces on the offensive side of the ball, with even maybe one one or two short fields to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and then I think we can pull this win out, and that would be a huge win. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say it's a must win for Marcus Freeman, but this probably gets as close as it gets, <laughs> at least yeah, for this. Yeah, again, it's not – well, yeah, I think this rep- – of the three ranked teams we have left, this rep- this is probably the this best – the best chance, yeah. The best chance because yeah. Clemson is Clemson. And yeah. I don't know what SC is going to be like, but I think their, their offense is really – It's good. Their transfers. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. they're, they're going to be a tough win. I, I think, like you say – of the three, this is definitely one we got a shot at. Therefore, grab it, take it, and and let's get in there and get out of there with the win. I'll take anything. I'll take a one point win, but um, but yeah, I think we this is going to be a huge game for us, and it's going to set the tone for the rest of the season in terms of what, especially for an outlook. And I and just to keep, not that I think that recruits you know are that swayed by the current season that you're having, but in the world that we live in with social media and everything you got fans that are trying to persuade other players to not go certain places they'll be all over us saturday if we lose that game yeah, very true. So it's just the reality of life that we live in now but very anyways, true. yep no. all right well let's hope for the best we'll leave it there you can listen to dome and domer and online conversations about notre dame sports from a fan's perspective for mike coffee i'm mike brammer thanks for listening